0: do great show today. Oh my gosh, the podcast? It's like a miracle of podcasts.
1: It's quite possibly the greatest podcast ever recorded, uh, and I think you're, people are going to enjoy it. There's a lot that went on today, uh, and a lot of news. We, we talked
0: to uh, uh, a couple of people who are right in the middle of dealing with CRT and craziness in schools. The sex things that are going on in our kids' schools. We have a special on that tomorrow night, but... The first hour of the podcast is really uh, all about what's going on in our schools with sex education. It's a pandemic. Pandemic.
1: We talk about the border and what is going on there. Uh, real crisis situation. Masks. Masks, masks away. being
0: lifted. Yep. Uh, the libs of TikTok yeah. uh, account under attack by and, the Washington Post. And Elon Musk all on today's podcast. Brought to you by Relief Factor if you're one of the millions of americans who suffer every day from pain i want you to listen up there's hope and it comes in the form of relief factor every day i see testimonials of people who have tried relief factor for their pain gotten their life back i know it can happen firsthand i've been um, putting this stuff all over my butt because i've had a pain in the butt it didn't work but after three weeks i found out the pain in my butt is stew Thank it's you, amazing. Relief Factor. Thank you. I can get my life back now. If you have a challenge due to pain, please try Relief Factor. Not a drug, but developed by doctors, and you get the three-week quick start to try for only $19.95. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more, so order yours now. Drug-free and natural way to get your life back, ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. Listening to the best of the Glenbeck program. So, in uh, Brisbane, we have this amazing story. Students at an elite private school are walking on all fours and cutting holes into their uniforms for tails as they identify as cats or foxes. A handful of students believe now that they are animals and have been asked to be called furries by their peers at the girls' grammar school. Girls have been caught preening themselves, licking on the backs of their hands, and walking around with their arms hanging towards the ground as if they are on all fours. When a girl went to sit at a spare desk, another girl screamed at her and said she was sitting on her tail. There was a slit in this child's uniform where the tail apparently is, a concerned parent said. Girls who identify as felines are walking around every day in the school. The bizarre trend has sparked concern among parents who have been left speechless by the woke behaviors. A psychologist, Judith Locke, said she wasn't surprised by the emergence of the new trend. She claims it was only a matter of time before people began to identify as animals, but there's a real challenge around the acceptance of people's decisions and how they see themselves these days. It's a fraught area. No, actually, it's really not, Judith. You're not an animal. She said that uh, it could also be used by students who were delaying age-appropriate developments. Another adolescent uh, psychologist there in Brisbane, Michael Carr-Greg, said he's only come across one client who has identified as an animal in his 25 years of practice. The client was a young boy who identified himself as a dog. Dr. Carr Gregg said once the stressors in his life were removed, the boy uh, um, resorted back to being a human being. What a shock. (sighs) We have got to stand up, and it is really, really difficult to do it. A former Virginia High School PTA president, uh, he is a, the former president of the Parent Teachers Association at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. He's the current vice president for the Fairfax County Association for the Gifted, uh, and uh, he's one of the guys that was criminally charged for expressing his opinion that people that are doing these things are groomers. Harry Jackson joins us now. Hello, Harry. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So can you tell us the story on what happened?
1: Sure. A little bit of a backstory. So you mentioned a few associations that I'm involved with. But when I joined this fight, this fight against the groomer movement, this fight against against the CRT that's been infecting our school and poisoning our children's minds, I joined two organizations that made me a target. Uh, the first one is I'm a parent advocate for parents defending education. That was the primary motivation for these, for this, these politically motivated hits where I was charged with criminal libel and slander, which was dismissed with prejudice. I also host as part of my efforts to fight back. I'm also with the Coalition for TJ that fought, that's fighting against the racist admissions policies that, in, that impacted the number one high school in America for the last two years. And I've been exposing it on a, on a show I have on usanow.tv called Education Matters. So a little bit of a backstory um, during this fight back in 2012, minding my own business, I saw the CRT come, come and creep its way into our school system, particularly with admission, cha- admission changes to Thomas Jefferson. On the other side, Jorge Tarico, he's within the democratic establishment. He was pro CRT and anti-racist training. Now I'm relating CRT to the groomer move because the two are interrelated. Mm-hmm. If you look at the black lives matter, they don't have it on the website now, but if you use the Wayback Machine, you'll find it. That also attaches, they also attach other movements to the black yes, struggle. And right. part of this was, yes, and a lot of this was the LGBTQ affirmation, not acceptance, but affirmation. That's important. And most of us in society, we're very familiar with when we get to the letter T with transgender pronouns, transgender athletes competing in sports. We don't talk about Q. The queer and what also is which is involved in that in that aspect now there's a book that i was also protested against when i was president of ptsa called gender queer um, and if you look at page 135 in that book there's a book there was plateau has parad- pederasty in that book on page 25 sex between man and a boy and that was made its way into our school's for his children as young as 11 years old within Lake Braddock secondary school, Lake Robinson secondary school. I protested against it. Other opponents such as Mr. Tirico were for it, but that's not the don't, that, I'll, just to give you a framework of what had happened. Now, during the PTA meeting, uh, back in November of 2020, um, I was on the PTSA diversity committee at this point in time. Uh um, Jorge Tirico was in the meeting, and I've been through training to identify grooming. I've, I'm a scoutmaster. I'm an Eagle Scout. I've been through that training. I've been through Veritas training for the Catholic Church to identify and recognize the signs of, of grooming. And during this meeting, myself and other parents had witnessed inappropriate contact with a minor. And those parents, a group of parents, not myself at this point in time, had contacted not the, the PTSA president and the principal of the school, and Bon who responded back, recognizing that, yes, there was an issue and that she would be addressing it. Now, I thought that would be the end of this. Perhaps this person wasn't aware of what their conduct was. Um, this was when CRT was all about race, before it moved over to the, to the gender issues. Moving forward to a year later, into September, I'm now president of PTSA, I'm getting through third-party channels that Mr. Trico wants to work with me in outreach to, uh, uh, for, for outreach. He brings up this issue during a Twitter war where I mentioned to him, I say to him, I do not want, where approached me to work with me to outreach to minorities to get into Thomas Jefferson. And I said, I don't want to work with you. I said, I, I saw what you did last night. You exhibited signs of grooming.
0: Let me read the tweet exactly. After seeing you in action last night, I am not comfortable with you working, uh, working with you and engaging children. It was very disturbing seeing you exhibit grooming behavior. I do work with children and I get background checks. I suggest you do the same because last night was creepy.
1: Yes, last night it was. It was creepy. And this person, Jorge, what he ended up doing was going through the Virginia statute and he looked up under a chastity code um, about the a statute that was amended in 2020 to protect the virtue and chastity of a woman, but they changed the word woman to person. And then he filed not one, not two, but three, but four criminal complaints that were signed off by a magistrate to prosecute me for a class three, a misdemeanor for libel and slander. Now, to my surprise during this, whole ordeal the parents within the community the ones that were there that saw it they all raised money and hired an attorney for me and then i was very fortunate to be represented by uh right and marina medvin that took on the case when it became apparent that the the, the prosecutor's office steve Descano, a soros backed attorney intended to prosecute me as a parent dealing with a child safety concern where the same d.a is not even prosecuting Child rapists. There's a couple of cases within our I county know. where he has not he has not prosecuted child rapists, but he'll prosecute a parent that calls out grooming, which is what well, you're supposed to do because he, grooming is highly
0: effective. He is a he's, uh, he's a Soros-backed guy. So so tell us. I'm sorry to cut you short, but yeah. tell tell us what happened. You, you you the judge ruled in your favor, did he not?
1: Yes, the judge ruled in my favor. At first, uh, the the prosecutor's office wanted to know Prost that they would give them the option to keep these, these charges over my head. Then they wanted to try to dismiss without prejudice so they could possibly bring this up again, and uh, we fought that, and we had it dismissed with prejudice since there was no evidence to support any of their claims.
0: So what, did you, what advice do you give parents?
1: Well, the advice I have for parents is that you know, you're, if, you're, if you're anti-CRT, one, you're not racist. And, I'm, and yeah, I'm on the radio, but I'm black. I was the first black president of the, of the Thomas Jefferson PTSA, mm-hmm. and I was anti-CRT. You're, if, you're, if you're feeling hurt being called a racist, it does, you're not a racist. It means you're a good person if you feel, if you feel offended by that. The other thing is that you need to, parents need to pay attention to these other issues that they're, that they're attaching to it, the LGBTQ affirmation. Most of us agree that everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect, and we don't want to cause harm to other people maliciously. But when you look at this cute aspect, which is the
0: yeah, queer like the
1: theory umbrella, the queer theory, you, there is a movement. There, they are trying to make intellectual arguments to deal away with pedophile stigmat- uh, the stigmatization yep. of pedophilia, and that is a big concern. They're calling themselves minor, minor attracted persons, mm-hmm. and, they're, and, they're, and they consider them a part of the queer community. And when you, and you really have to look at these books that they're pushing into libraries, and it is and it is gender queer. Page 135, It's parad- It's, it's a ha- it depicts a young boy being fondled by an adult male and enjoying it. And that is very disturbing. And they're pushing that to children as young as 11 in our schools.
0: So we've been talking to Dr. Harry Jackson about what is happening just in Virginia. Um, but you would oh, think it's just in Virginia, but it's not. I can guarantee you it's in, a, in Texas and Alaska and Utah and everywhere else. Um, Harry, okay. thank you so much, and uh, keep up the fight. Thank you. I hope to talk to you again. Absolutely, thank you. You bet. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. So yesterday, um, the, the U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel of Florida. Uh, voided Biden's national mask mandate in airports, planes and public transit. Now, immediately, the left began to smear her. You know, she she's done work for the Federalist Society. She was appointed by Trump. She's a listen to this. She's a Christian college graduate. The ABA says she's unqualified. She's a former Clarence Thomas clerk. She's a right wing nut. I would take all of those and wear those as a badge of honor. Every single one. You know, you can really be defined by your enemies now. You know, who who are your enemies? George Soros. Big enemy. Okay, I wear that as a badge of honor. The New York Times hates my guts. Great. The Democratic Party has spent millions trying to destroy me. Fantastic. Be proud of the people who don't like you. I mean, I wish more people would like, but they're engaged, many of them, knowingly trying to destroy our country and destroy our value system and our families. So I'm pretty good with it. I'm pretty good with it. Oh, my gosh. She went except for the Christian college graduate. She's got to be nutty. Oh, my gosh. Now, airlines begged for COVID-19 restrictions to be eased because everyone except people at the White House that are not flying commercially can't take it anymore. They just can't take it anymore. And you know what? It's not even the mask thing. It's that the mask we know makes no difference at all none follow the freaking science it doesn't make any difference and I go into the airport and I can usually stand it until until the mask Nazi shows up you get on one plane and the stewardesses and stewards are all cool they're all cool they're like yeah Just the federal government's making us do this. Just, you know, do the smart thing. Keep it on, you know, but we're not going to be Nazis about it. And I wear my mask, but I don't don't, uh, pull it up every time I take a drink and then pull it back down. And you do eat very slowly. (laughs) Yeah, you eat very slowly. It's good. It's good for your digestive system. (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, you get on other planes and they are Nazis about it. And those people bother me more than the federal mandate, quite honestly. Uh, but anyway, it was announced on January 2021. It's been extended five different times. It was set to uh, end yesterday, but the CDC said they needed one more teensy-weensy extension, just 15 days to flatten the curve. Yeah. So the judge ruled yesterday um, that, uh, no, uh-uh. no, they exceeded the CDC's statutory authority in properly the good clause exemption to, uh, to notice and comment rulemaking and failed to adequately explain its decisions. The t- court declared our system does not permit agencies to act unlawfully, even in pursuit of a desirable end. So what does this mean? well you don't have to wear your mask anymore now they're saying give them 24 hours before everything i don't know why it takes 24 hours to just tell everybody in the airlines and at the airport uh masks aren't required i mean that took me what three seconds masks aren't required that's it but you know the biden administration they have no clue what to do next yesterday Uh, Saki commented on the CDC and the TSA and the DHS. We're reviewing the uh, decision uh, right now. The Department of Justice will make any determination about litigation. They're not going to litigate. They they are happy that a, a judge in Florida, a Trump appointee, said no more masks. It got them out of the masks. This will be the one time that they that they won't say screw the court. Well, we've got to obey that evil Trump person that's just not qualified, but we'll do it because that's the law. They're not going to fight it. They're not going to fight it. Meanwhile, Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines announced Yesterday, that masks now will be optional for employees and customers on all domestic flights. See, they got it. Doesn't take 24 hours to go. Uh, Masks aren't necessary anymore. Face masks have been like boarding passes for nearly two years. You couldn't fly without one. But as of today, masks are optional in airports and onboard air traffic uh, affected uh, effective immediately. That's according to Alaska Airlines. Delta advised its passengers that they might experience inconsistent enforcement during the next 24 hours. Yeah, because the zealots, I can't believe we're doing, what are we just going to be a plane full of dead people by the time we make it to Detroit? Sarah Nelson, the president of the Association of Flight Attendants, said it takes a minimum of 24 to 48 hours to implement new procedures. I know it's really difficult. Don't tell people they have to wear a mask. We need at least two days to everybody get that to every uh, Amtrak. This has got to piss Joe Biden off. Amtrak also said, yeah, we're not going to require Amtrak. Joe Biden practically built and he laid the rails with his own hands. Oh, my gosh. Well, Amtrak passengers and employees are no longer required to wear masks while on uh, on board trains or in stations. Now, they did go on and say mask usage is strongly recommended for those at high personal risk. You know, those who aren't fully vaccinated or boosted. Uh, And they suggest that employees keep a mask on hand as a matter of professional etiquette, etiquette, noting that. It's possible you may be working closely with an employee who prefers that you wear a mask. Hmm, really? Do they? Well, they can wear a mask. I'd prefer that they shut their fat trap about me not wearing a mask. You see, that's how personal choice works. Now, if I have somebody who is about to be sent to a leper colony and is also having, uh, you know, uh, heart issues and lung issues and liver issues or whatever. They're just very sick and 90. I probably would wear a mask if they were nice and (laughs) ask. I want death's doorstep. (laughs) And uh, I would like it if you'd wear a mask. Okay, I'd probably do that for that individual. Just out of polite courtesy, courtesy. not because it's effective. Yeah. I I think if, honestly, Glenn, if these were effective,
1: I think most people would wear them happily, right? Right. We'd we'd want to try to stop people from getting sick. We just all know they don't do anything. Yeah,
0: right. So, I would probably do it if somebody asked me nicely and they were, you know, on death's door and they thought, you know, I would do it for a while at least. I'd be like, oh, we're going to be working together for the next, you know, few minutes. Sure, I'll wear a mask. That's fine. Uh, makes you feel better. Doesn't really do anything, but I understand your condition and it'll make you feel better. I don't want to give you a heart attack just from working <laughs> with me without a mask. So you'd probably do that. You know what I mean? But the people that Amtrak are probably talking about are the people who are like, "Uh, you're not wearing a mask. I can't work around you. Good. Beat it. So. uh, So that's all that's over uh, now. uh, And the uh, power hungry government elites have just lost the fort. Um, We are winning on this now, I would like to suggest that we do two more things. One, uh, end the federal emergency. That never seems to happen. It never. It's weird. I think we're still in a federal emergency from you know Hurricane Adele, 1954. Uh, can we just end these states of emergency? Okay, we should do that. And we should also look into all of the mistakes that we made as a people and just say, yeah, that wasn't a good idea. We should probably never do that again. And then if laws need to be enacted, then we enact those laws. I know it's wishful thinking, but wouldn't that be cool if you lived in a country that could do that? Imagine the freedom wow a country ruled by common sense <laughs> wouldn't that be nice the best of the glenbeck program So a guy running for um, the governor, uh, the governor's office here in Texas is uh, Beto. Yeah, he's back. Beto O'Rourke. Um, here's what he says about the border and Title 42. But I want to turn our attention to, to Title 42. You don't think it's a good idea for the Biden
1: administration to end Title 42. Why?
2: No,
0: I I think it's time to end Title 42. I don't think we should have ever implemented it. It's a very cynical reading Mm. of U.S. law. It's very cynical. This, by the way, is the one thing that has kept uh, the border, (laughs) I can't even say halfway sane, uh, not just being overrun all the time uh, because this was a COVID thing. We got to make sure that we're not letting everybody in with it didn't matter. But we're now talking about the possibility of of allowing 16,000 people in every day. That's a pretty big number. Sheriff Bill Wayborn is uh, the Tarrant County uh, sheriff that's uh, with Fort Worth. And uh, we were talking we were at uh, Chuck Norris's place doing a fundraiser just last week. Sheriff, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm great, sir. And Glenn, it's so good to be with you.
0: So I I, I talked to you, uh, Bill, at the at the fundraiser and we were talking about <laughs> I mean, I'm always fun at a party. Uh, we were talking about fentanyl and the problems with drugs. And you told me some stories that uh, melted the skin off my face uh, about the amount of fentanyl that is coming in now.
2: It is an incredible copious amounts that have came in, and right here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, our great narcotics teams and interdiction teams has seized enough fentanyl right here to kill almost 800,000 people and uh, that would give them fatal doses. Our DPS, who has done an incredible job on the border under Steve McGraw, has seized enough fentanyl down there to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States of America. And we're having
0: enough fentanyl to kill everyone in this country.
2: Yes, sir. And it pounds and pounds and pounds of that dope. And it's cheap dope because it's a synthetic heroin that's markedly more addictive and markedly more dangerous. Uh,
0: And that's just what we've caught. What do you suppose is coming through and getting through?
2: Well, I think a conservative estimate is, is that we're probably getting about one-third. That's oh a conservative estimate, and that means that probably two-thirds have gotten across and gotten away from us.
0: So is there any doubt in your mind what's causing all of these overdose deaths?
2: Not at all. And we're losing, my last briefing was about 300 people a day, a jumbo jet a day of people going down and dying from fentanyl, and often first-time users.
0: So where is is the bulk of this going? Does it stay here? Is it evenly distributed? Do you have any idea?
2: We believe that the, the cartel, who are incredible businessmen, are using the routes of uh, all other folks that are using the major highways, and the hubs are going to be the major cities, i.e. Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth, and then it's splitting out and going across the country. So what is affecting us here is in Maine and Middlesex, Massachusetts, or New York, or L.A., uh, but it may have very well come through Dallas-Fort Worth to get there.
0: Which does what to our community? I mean, I, I found out... Uh... I found out a couple of years ago that in my general neighborhood, uh, there either was or still is a guy from the cartel that owns a house right in my neighborhood. And uh, when I found that out for some neighbors, I was like, wait a minute, what?
2: Well, we know that the cartels here because we have some of them in the Tarrant County Jail. Uh, And we believe that there are decisions makers here. And I would like to add that this fentanyl is indiscriminate. It is going into the gated communities as well as into the uh, at-risk areas, uh, at-risk neighborhoods. It is indiscriminate.
0: Do you remember the um, crack problem of the 80s? I very well do. Yeah. Can you compare that problem, which was the number one story every night for years, can you compare those two? Absolutely,
2: is that fentanyl is going to be crack absolutely on triple steroids because there's no room for error. We believe that four out of ten pills could be fatal.
0: Jeez. So you're rolling. You're you're almost at fifty fifty rolling the dice that you're going to survive. That is correct. And are any of these coming from? Uh, you know, are they being stolen from major pharmaceuticals, or are this stu- is this all stuff that is just being made across our border?
2: It, it is all being made. The cartel has set up their own pill press. They're they're imitating oxycotton. They're imitating ADD drugs like Adderall and uh, and pain pills. In fact, there's uh, one sheriff that uh, is a friend that shared a story with with me the last time I visited. They were working a death, where a young college kid just wanted to stay up and study for exams. Not a drug user at all, and a friend offered him Adderall and He took it, and 10 minutes later, he was dead.
0: Uh, and I read a story yesterday, I think it was in the New York Times, and they were talking about the drug overdoses uh, that are happening, and they blamed it on China, that China was shipping a lot of this Uh, I don't know in in what ghost containers, uh, maybe along with the ghost guns, um, you know, they're they're shipping them in these containers. And we're getting the major portion of our fentanyl drug problem from China. Do you believe that?
2: Well, I believe that there is some coming from China too, directly to the United States. No question about that. But the majority of what we're seeing in Texas has come from China through uh, even Venezuela and Mexico, up through the cartel routes, because it's an open border. It's an easy path.
0: So it might actually be coming, it might be produced in China, but it's coming through the cartels on an open border.
2: That's correct. China to Venezuela to Mexico. And it's weaponization. I believe that uh, uh, the cartel knows very well that, that this will kill people, and they're not worried about that. They're very accepting of the casualties.
0: How much have we emboldened these crime syndicates down on our border? They've got to be making money hand over fist, not only in drugs, but also human trafficking, and then getting people across the border that isn't the stereotypical, you know, human trafficking. It's just, I'll provide a boat to go over the river.
2: Well, I, I think they're incredibly emboldened. I think that they have open borders, and I think they're on both sides of that river. They own the southern part of the you know, across the border, but they certainly have pockets, and they know what they're doing, and they know what their odds are, and it's a lot better than Vegas, and they are are rolling the dice every day.
0: And the uh, consequences of, of uh, opening this up even more by, you know, getting rid of uh, Title 42?
2: I think it's, uh, that's the last arrow in our quiver. And I think that that will embolden them, and we will see herds of them come across, and we will see more dope, more human trafficking, and uh, uh, absolutely overwhelming our, our border counties and uh, i think soon we will see them showing up everywhere
0: i have a a family member that lives in a border town and uh you know at easter she said the town is just being destroyed she said this you know a very small number of people that live there and very soon we are going to be outnumbered by people that that don't speak our language they, they they have nothing to do with america or our town and they're going to be the ones that are in the 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 majority and we're paying for everything
2: that that is absolutely right and also people think well is this m- the mexicans it is not no it is partially mexican but these come from over a hundred different countries and you're absolutely right uh my border Law enforcement friends tell me that pursuits are up in the last year by 400%.
0: What's that mean? Just
2: That means that law enforcement chases hot pursuits, as you can dramatically think about as cars going code three and trying to catch the bad guy, have gone up 400% along the border. And uh, uh, so they're chasing people every day in every direction, and they believe that there are only at best getting a fourth to maybe a third
0: the white house said yesterday that uh you know the 23 terrorists the people that were on the terror watch list that were caught that that's the most that has been caught that i mean that has been uh, that's crossed the border at most it was 23 that, that <laughs> there's no logic to that can do you no. know anything about these 23 how serious these guys were I do
2: not know. I'm looking forward to learning about them, and hopefully we'll have that information sooner than later. But if, you know, and I think you said this earlier, we caught 23, and we're catching a third. How many does that mean that really got across?
0: Mm. One last question. Ghost guns. How much of a problem are ghost guns?
2: Well, I, I can only relate to our experience at Tarrant County Sheriff's Office, and we there's not one uh briefing that's come across my my desk on ghost guns or any issue with ghost guns
0: all right so i'm glad we got that taken care of Jeez. uh all right sheriff thank you so much uh i live in your county i live in tarrant county and i am so glad i voted for you and i'm so glad that you're the sheriff uh because you. you are you are no nonsense thank you so much
2: Thank you, sir. And it's an honor to have you as a
0: constituent. You got it. (laughs) Thank you. Sheriff uh, Bill Wayborn, uh, if you don't know your sheriff, get to know your sheriff. You know, one of the things I said to him, what happens if they decide that uh, citizens can't have guns? His response, I'll just deputize everybody in the county. Okay. (laughs) You got my vote. (laughs)